0: We conclude a series of messages that we started back a few weeks ago. Today, that uh, dealing with a topic uh, called one another's is all I'm calling them. One, the one another's of Scripture. There are fifty five of them. It's a thematic study that we've been looking through the New Testament. And it, you know, it's one thing if if Jesus says one thing or Paul says one thing one time. You gotta you gotta pay attention to it. But if you hear it from jesus and you hear it from john and you hear it from peter and you hear it from paul you hear from all the writers of the new testament virtually you hear it from them and they're all saying the same thing then hey there's a theme here there's something that you got to buy into there's something you got to dive into and unpack it a little bit and that that theme is the one another so what are they all about each one of them Well, not each one of them, but many of them stand alone and they have their own uniqueness about them and they're only mentioned one time, but then there's others that are repeated like love one another is repeated like 14 different times. And so you have all these different one another's out there. So you got to unpack what does that, that phrase one another mean? And when you look at it, it really comes down to relationships. It really comes down to what it means to live socially connected together, intricately connected. And it's not just some distant relationship. It's actually a very close relationship. It's a very intimate relationship. In fact, there's a passage of Scripture, there's actually four times it's used, that I I don't know what to do with. I'm not going to deny it. Every time I've gone through all the 55 one-anothers, and I've tried to hit as many of them as I can, but there's this one one one-another I just can't put my arm around, or at least enough to preach an entire message of a series on it or a message on it, and that's this one, where it tells us to kiss one another, okay? Uh, here, here's the verses up on the Scripture. It says uh, in Romans 16, 16, uh, greet one another with a holy kiss, okay? And then another one, greet one another with a holy kiss in 1 Corinthians. Paul really likes this. 2 Corinthians, he does it again into the second letter. He says, greet one another with a holy kiss, all right? So everyone turn to somebody and pucker up right now and kiss them. I'm kidding, all right? So, otherwise you will get a kiss like this uh, probably uh, next to you. But the whole idea of the one another's, regardless of uh, uh, of them, and we're not going to preach on the kiss one another uh, version, but I was in Europe uh, after the fall of communism. In fact, it was my very first time to the U- U- Ukraine, and was going there just literally two years after the fall of communism. And these little churches were popping up inside of homes, and uh, just local expressions of the church. And... You'd walk into these homes and these big old guys would, out of the countryside, outside of Kiev, they would put their arms around you and then they would kiss you from one cheek and then they'd go to the other cheek. And it's like, oh my gosh, this is a little too close for comfort. As long as you don't hit me in the middle, I'll be okay. You know, this, this, but turn real fast so you don't, you, you don't, you don't get the middle section there. But kissing one another in some cultures is actually a very common thing. We're, we like our space. We like our distance. We like to keep uh, an arm's length. But here's the thing about one another's, okay? We're not going to talk anymore about kissing one another. But, but here's what we're going to talk about. The whole one another's concept is not some distant relationships. In fact, you will not be able to do one another's and keep an arm's length to your one another's. You'll have to lean in. You will have to become vulnerable. You'll have to become a little transparent. You're going to have to be willing to let your guard down if you're going to do one another's. And again, if you're just now joining us for the series, you you maybe have missed a lot of backstory. so I can't go back and relive all of that. Let me just say this. When we're talking about the value of one another's, and you're going to see hopefully by the end of the message that you need one another's, I need one another's, It's, it's more than a friendship, and yes, you should, your spouse should be a part of your one another's uh, uh, club, if you will. But there should be beyond that. There should be other people in your life. And, and another thing about one another's is you can't selectively choose what you're going to share with your one another. You're going to have to be open and share the raw, the real of who you are. And you can't take an offense just because your one another tells you something you don't want to hear. You can't just turn them off, tune them out. You know what we do in little elementary school? We just say, oh, you're not going to be my friend anymore. You know, you can't do that in adult version. Like, I'm going to, I'm just, I just I don't have time for you anymore. You're, you're toxic to the relationship. No, really what they are is they're maybe trying to speak truth into a relationship that needs truth spoken into it. And so I want you to just be thinking about who do you have in your life? How well are you at living in one another relationships? And again, this is a far more intimate relationship than just friends, okay? You know, we friend people on Facebook. We friend people all around us. We have friends from high school, but we haven't talked to them in years. Listen, we're talking about deep, intimate relationships, transparent relationships. And throughout the course of this, uh, since about September, since I've been dealing with my own wrestling down, do I have one another relationships? I've talked to a lot of men. And if you've been with me, you probably have heard me ask you this question. Especially if we women want for any length of time, I'll ask a man this: I'll say, "So who do you do one another's with?" And most of them I'll have to stop and explain what that means by that. But most of them, I will say, seventy to eighty percent of them, will come back and say, "I don't do that. I don't, I don't, I don't do that one another's." If that's what you're talking about, and and then you dive into it, and they realize, "Hey, I need that," but. Or some of them don't think they need that, but those who don't think they need it probably need it worse than anybody else. But really, when we're coming down to it, is this one another is a deep, intimate relationship with somebody, I, I would say, of, of the same gender so that there's not any crossing over too much there because you get in a dangerous situation. But it's one of those that you're, you're going to have real open, honest conversations and real open transparency in, in, in that relationship. We've been talking about this whole living social thing for several weeks and, we, and I've just pointed out that, hey, there's social media out there, and social media has monetized our, fra- our friendships. They have monetized relationships. For example, Facebook. It really speaks to a need that we have for community. If you are part of Facebook, then you know, and 71% of our people are part of Facebook, as we surveyed here, um, you know, 77% of, of them, is that everyone wants to belong and to be liked to belong and to be liked. We want our our pictures to be liked. We want our quotes to be liked. We want somebody to like something uh, that we put, that we post on our timelines. But we also want to belong. We like it when somebody friends us. We want to friend people who we want to have a deeper relationship with. Twitter is another one of those. Twitter really talks about communication and how we all need meaningful communication. And Twitter has said, hey, you have 140 characters to say what you're going to say. And so we get creative in how we're going to say it and misspell things and abbreviate things. But all we're trying to do is we're trying to have to make our words count and count our words. And then And What if we brought that into our relationships? That we would be better at communicating meaningful, thoughtful words of impact. That's what we can learn. LinkedIn, we talked about that last week and the whole idea that we all need a meaningful mission. We know, I, I can build relationship with you one-on-one over coffee. I can build relationship with you to to a, to a certain degree if we're just hanging out together. But we roll up our sleeves and we start serving along beside each other. I'm going to see your gifts. You're going to see my gifts. You're going to see my weaknesses. I'm going to see your weaknesses. We're going we're gonna to bond at a different level. I'm, I'm leading a team to, of 28 people to, to West Africa in a few weeks Listen, we're going to get to know each other in a excuse me, in Southern Africa. We're going to, get to know each other in a very intimate way, and we're going to know each other's strengths and we're going to bond together at a deeper level. In a few weeks, I'm going to be or in in July, I'm leading the team to Boston. So you want to go, come on, join with me. We're going to go up there. and We're just going to get our hands in there and help a church that's moving into a building and a facility, and we're going to help them kind of remodel that facility. You know what happens whenever you start traveling with somebody? You start working along with somebody? We said everyone needs a mission. Everyone needs a ministry. Ministry is inside the church. A mission is outside the church. Where is that? Roll up your sleeves, get with somebody, and you'll deepen a relationship. I want to talk about Instagram this week. Instagram is a little bit different. It's a little bit more intimate, if you will. And it's about images and not so much about words. See, the thing about, about, about Instagram is, is that you actually connect with somebody who you want to connect with. You see who you want to see. Now, you may have 10,000 people looking at your photos, but you may only want to look at 10 people's photos. So you're kind of selectively intimate with them. But what you do is you capture moments in time. And you post them. So here's a few of mine, and I'll just walk you through them on the, on the left there. Uh, Josh and I, this past summer, we were in Australia. We were in a rainforest, and we were actually in a man-to-man kind of uh, adventure, fathering adventure in, in, in Australia. And we went hiking, and we went sea kayaking, and we did a lot of fun. That was initiation into manhood. That was a moment that you want to capture. Instagram is about capturing moments in time that are memorable, that are pivotal, Now, take that into your relationship. Think about relationships that were memorable and pivotal times and times. You want to capture that. These parents, this is a memorable moment. There were flashes going off. There were people capturing this moment because it's a pivotal moment. The, the, The other one is when Jordan went to college. She went to college for the first day of college and her last day of college. A year ago this weekend, she graduated. And so captured that moment. Then a couple of peeps and I were eating a, a crawfish boil there. And then I was in, I was in L.A. Uh, in, about a year ago, and I was in line at TSA. And I turned around, and Liam Neeson's right behind me. So I take a photo uh, with my phone. I post it on Instagram. You know, that's what you do. You take a photo. Uh, you're starstruck. You know, I didn't have to worry about being taken because uh, he has a special skill. And uh, he was right behind me, uh, anyway, uh, he's an old man, you know that? I don't know if you know that. But uh, anyway, so you, you, you see these moments in time, and you capture them, and you put them out there on the Internet for the world, world to see, because moments matter. In fact, you put a stake in the ground when a particular moment happens. You'll have a bad relationship, a career change. You'll have a broken dream. You'll have a broken promise. You'll have something happen in your life. Put a stake in the ground. That's a moment in time that you'll never want to forget. Something will happen to you good. You'll get a promotion. You'll get affirmation. You'll get a raise, whatever. You'll you'll have a baby. Again, go back to this. Put a stake in the ground. It'll change your life. It's amazing the number of families who who don't walk with God or have not even considered the things of God, and then all of a sudden they have a baby. Like, oh, how are we going to raise this thing? All right? It's like we, maybe God has some advice out there uh, for us. And so I'll turn to the church. Instagram is an incredible little uh, tool, if you will, out there. That's what it is. Facebook recognizes the value of it. They bought it for a billion dollars a few years ago. There are 75 million users uh, of of Instagram. It's growing at a rate. Now, think about this. If your business was growing at this rate, it's growing at a rate at 16% a month. I mean, just maintain that kind of level of involvement. 39,000 posts every minute to Instagram. 91% of them are photos. What are we doing? Capturing something, telling the world about it. Capturing a moment, telling the world about it. Here, 90% of the users are under the age of 35. So if you don't have it, get out your driver's license. That may tell you why you don't have it. You're an old man or old one. I don't know. And not just because you have one, but a picture's worth a thousand words. A picture says something. A picture captures something. And listen, we need relationships that become pivotal moments in our life, that create memories, that don't, they, they, they become memories in our life. So I want to ask a survey. We've been asking this, this a question every week. I want to ask a survey. So if you're here with us for the first time, take out your phones. You're going to text a, a survey question. We're not going to keep your phone numbers. We don't do that. But here, here's the question. You can text to 22333GPCNWA, and you're going to get back a text. But here's the question. If you don't have an Instagram account, you can't participate in this. If you have an Instagram account, you can do this. I want you to open your Instagram account right now, okay? Open it and look at it. Yes, I just told your teenager to open Instagram in church, all right? So open your Instagram account. I want you to look at your past 10 photos. We're just going to take a percentage here. Look at your past 10 photos. What have you taken pictures of the most, all right? Now, here's several categories of the past 10 photos. Selfie, all right? Children, animals, food, or other, all right? Could be a graphic, could be anything else. Uh, so I want you to think about it, put it down. That says something about your interest levels, okay? Uh, that says something about what's important to you. I don't know what it says, but it says something, okay? Um, that's just for humor today. So text that in and we're keeping track of that so we can talk about you later on. All right, so what do these, um, these snaps, what are these photos, What do they say about your life? So let me ask you this. Do you live in the moment or do you just think about the moment? Look at this lady in this photo here. Is she living in the moment or is she trying to capture the moment? Everyone around is trying to capture the moment. Sometimes it might be good to just stop and live in the moment. There are moments in our life that we need to live in. Meaningful life changing moments, a death, a birth, a wedding, a funeral, a graduation. These are epic moments that we need to live in a career change, a move across the country. You start a business, you end a business. You start a relationship, you end a relationship. What do we learn from them and how can we become better through them? If I was right now to ask you to take a snapshot of your life, you're the only one in this room right now. It's just you and I, and we're chatting here. And so if you take a snapshot of your life, what would you say about your life? What would that snapshot look like? Would you, what kind of filter would you put on your life so that your life would look better or different than it is right now? Or would you just leave it unaltered? What kind of hashtag defines you? And we'll break some of these down if you don't know what a hashtag is. All right, it's not a number sign or a pound sign. I got corrected on that one time. All right. And who would you tag in the photo? Think about what is a snapshot of your life right now where you're at. Take your Bibles and let's look at the book of Ephesians. They did not have Instagram back in Paul's day. All they had was one another's. We learn how to do one another's through a lot of what Paul said. Paul wrote more about one another's than any other of the writers in the Scripture. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15, he starts launching into some very clear instructions, some participle statements that he rolls off the tongue really quickly, that we need to pay attention to, that you need to lean in on, that you need to let your life be sorted out and shaped by. You need to, you need to do this. And then he comes back. It's beautiful. He comes back and he brings it all together around the one another's. So I'm going to give you the ending of the message before I give you the beginning of the message. Here's the beginning of the message. The ending of the message is you're not going to do this much better when you do it with one another. You'll be far more effective at this when you do it with a one another. But, 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 but what, what, what am I supposed to do? The very first things that he says, but you're going to be able to do it better when you do it with a one another. Let's look at what he tells us to do in the three, three participle statements. He says, look carefully at how you walk. Not as unwise, but as wise. What a challenge. Hey, listen, man. Don't make the same mistake again. Don't Yeah, you know, I've said it so many times around here, y'all quote me on it. We're all one decision away from stupid. You know, listen, listen, don't 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 walk foolishly. Walk wise. Get wise people around you. Listen to the wisdom. Walk wise. That's the first challenge he gives us. And he says, making the best of your time. He doesn't just say, be time efficient with your time. Be a better planner with your time. He says, says, make the best use of your time because the days are evil. So basically what he's saying, listen, there's going to be a lot out there that's going to be pulling at you. There's going to be a lot out there that's going to be pushing at you. They're going to try to push your morals. And they're going to try to push your ethics. and They're going to try to pull you away. They're going to, they're going to, it's going to mess with you. This world will not leave you the same. You better make every moment count and count every moment. He's given them a the challenge, another challenge. Therefore, do not be foolish and understand that the will of the Lord is. Listen, don't, don't, don't be the fool. Live in God's will. Verse 18. And do not get drunk with wine. Listen, that's, that's debauchery. Don't do that. Don't be filled with the Spirit. It didn't say you, you can't drink. All right, that's a whole other message for a whole other day. But it does clearly say drunkenness. Listen, you just get foolish when you, when you get drunk. I don't care if you're a mad drunk, a sad drunk, or a happy drunk. You do stupid things. Don't do it. That's right. You wake up, and you walk the shame, and you shame the walk. Listen, how do, we, how do I not do all of this? How do I walk not as so a fool? How do, I, how do I not? How do I make better use of my time? You do it in a one-another relationship because the very next statement that he makes in verse 19, addressing one another, how he brings us together. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart with your heart. Uh, 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 to the Lord with your heart. Now, it does lead to worship. A lifestyle leads to worship. But listen, the calling here is to one another's. Be a part of one another's lives in a powerful, meaningful way. In verse 20, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Submitting, here's another one another, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So I want to talk. I want to, I want to end this series of messages with a, a, a deep personal one. There are certain qualities about a relationship. Now, again, one another is not, a, not just like any other Joe relationship. It's very unique. And these three qualities need to be a part of a healthy, meaningful creating moments in life. Not regretful creating moments in life, but meaningful created moments in life. These qualities will be a part of that relationship. Relationships must be authentic and vulnerable. Now, I want to give you another little statement that lines up with Instagram. No filters allowed. Filters you used to put on a camera whenever you used to have the film cameras and you'd take the picture, but you had to put the filter on first thing. So the the, the capture of the moment would be today what you do is you take a photo and then, oh, it doesn't look like the way I want, so you put a filter on it. And you change the way it looks. The sunrise doesn't look like the way I want. Or the sunset doesn't look the way I want. I want it to look better. I want to, the colors to be more vibrant. This is what we do with our own lives. We put filters on our lives. So that we look better in public. You and I need relationships that we don't put filters on. You and I need relationships. That I can be authentic. And vulnerable. That I can drop down the guard that I can walk into the room, that I can bear my soul as broken as it may be. James chapter 5, verse 16, a verse that I haven't really touched on. I only skipped across it a few weeks ago. But I want to come back, and I want to camp here for just a moment. Where it says, therefore, confess your sins to one another. Wow. Unload my dirt. Unload my secrets. Unload parts of my life that I don't even tell my spouse. You mean mean tell them the dirt on my life? And pray for one another so that you may be healed. See, the healing doesn't come until the confession, until the prayer, until all that happens. How do I do that with one another? You won't do that very easily unless there's one authenticity in the relationship. Willingness and ability to confess your sins to one another. Again, I'll tell you, most people don't have relationships like this and they don't come easy. And when they come, you need to cherish them deeply. Whenever I can come up to one another in my life and I can tell that one another, I've had some thoughts that are not good. I've had some ways that have not been clean. And I need your help. I need you to hold me accountable. I need you to walk with me. Help me. That's what it means to confess. Does it mean to go to a bishop or a priest or somebody like that and just bear it to a rank stranger? But there needs to be somebody in your life that you can bear out your struggles and you don't hold it back. Here's a prohibition against on one another. Colossians chapter three, verse nine: Do not lie to one another. Listen. The The authenticity of here is who I am, warts and all, is absolutely important. A group of men meet, meet together. They use this accountability checklist. I think it's some pretty good questions. You might want to jot them down. You make them your own. But this is what a valuable one-another relationship might look like. You're not where you go through an interrogation with your friends, with your buds, but it's where you are open and you're honest with one another when they can ask you, Have you been anywhere with a woman or a man in the past week that might seem compromising? It wasn't compromising, but it might seem it. (coughs) Excuse me. Have your financial dealings lacked integrity? Have you exposed yourself to any sexually explicit material since we last met, whether that be Internet, print, or movies? Have you given priority time to your family's needs? Have you fulfilled the mandates of your vocation to the utmost character and integrity? Would your direct report agree? Can you ask yourself these questions and can you answer someone these questions? You have a one-another relationship when you have that. The last one is, is, is a gym though. Have you just lied about any of these? <coughs> Excuse me, I'm sorry, I've got a cold. Authenticity, Vulnerability. Vulnerabilities is, whenever you're willing to say, "Hey, guys, I need your prayer. I can't do this. I don't have enough strength, I need strength. I don't have enough, whatever it is, fill in the blank, I need." and you turn to God in prayer. Let me tell you this: it, this will not be something that will come easy. This is risky. Really, really risky because you know the last thing you want is to be vulnerable, and authentic, and transparent with somebody, and then them to go home and pillow talk it to their spouse, and then all of a sudden it makes its way back to you after it hit seventeen other people's ears, and they got their own versions of it. That's the danger zone. And that's why authenticity, that's why these one-anothers is not something you hold lightly. This is something that is very, very, very precious and you don't let it go. But it's just as risky to go through life without one-another relationships. I try to think of an example of of what one-another relationships might look like out there. Good examples that have gone a distance. And I know there's probably bad examples even in this, but... One that I came across was Alcoholics Anonymous. You think about that group, a group of people who are just raw and real broken from their addictions. And you listen, it doesn't have to be alcohol. It could be anything. Addiction, substance addictions. Let me read to you what one psychi- a psychiatrist said about that. <coughs> These persons have had their lives laid bare, pushed to the brink of destruction by alcoholism. It's accompanying problems. When these persons arise from the ashes of of the hellfire, of addictive bondage, and by the way, put whatever addiction or whatever tendency or whatever struggle you have in that line. They have an understanding, a sensitivity, a willingness to enter into and maintain a healing encounters with their fellow fill in the blank. In this encounter, They cannot and will not permit themselves to forget their brokenness and vulnerability. Their wounds are acknowledged and accepted and kept visible. They don't hide them. They don't push them. They don't cover them. They don't put a filter on top of them. Further, their wounds are used to illuminate and stabilize their own lives. And they work to bring healing and sobriety to their alcoholic brothers and sisters and sometimes their sons and daughters. The effectiveness of AA's members in the care and the treatment of their fellow alcoholics is one of the greatest success stories of our time. Graphically illustrates the power and the wounds used creatively to, to lighten the burden of pain and suffering. That was written of AA. That should be written of one another's. Where we walk through the pain and suffering together. Number two, relationships where grace is freely given. Put out beside that, better than a hashtag. So when you understand hashtags and how they're used for and it's not a pound sign or a number sign. That's what I used it for one time and got corrected on. But it's a a hashtag. And it's better than a hashtag. Hashtags were first first introduced in 2007 when a man in in Southern California kind of wrote the programming for it. and, And he introduced it and the first hashtag was about a forest fire that was out in Southern California. And so the, here, here's this, this hashtag, and what a hashtag does is it brings all the people in the world around a certain theme or concept. One of the largest ones out there is Justin Bieber, by the way. I did a search on it last night. There's like billions of the hashtags on, on Justin Bieber. And so, but if you find a hashtag out there, it's what brings community together. Listen, I'm not talking about that hashtag community. I'm talking about one that gives grace one that walks through the pain. So how are you going to walk through life? How are you going to be wise? How are you going to uh, make your time count and not let evil slip into your time? How are you going to keep yourself from the addictions of drunkenness and anything else that can pull you down out there? By addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody, walking through your life and addressing them with Scripture, addressing them with truth, addressing them with God's Word. That's how we're going to do this. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13 says, Bearing with one another, forgiving each other. To bear with somebody means don't cash in the chips whenever they give you the dirt on their life. Are you willing to hang in there and not quit on a relationship? Now, here, here, let me ask you this. How much has Jesus formed your relationships, shaped your relationship, shaped your relationships in such a way that I am able to love better because Jesus has first loved me. He's bore with me. Go back to that verse uh, that we had up there, Colossians chapter 3, verse 13. Bearing with one another, forgiving each other. Here's the standard. Just as the Lord forgave you, so also you should you. That's the level of our forgiveness. That's the level of our grace. That's the level of our stick to stick in the relationship. Number three is relationships call the best out of you. Whenever you have a a good one-anothering relationship, they'll call the best out. What what friend in your life story right now would you tag in your life that this person has made me better? This person has made me stronger. This person has has, has revolutionized my life. Verse 21 says this, submitting to one another. Submitting to one another. What does that mean? means I'm willing to listen to the advice of somebody else. I'm willing to listen to the wisdom of someone else. I'm willing to put myself underneath the control or leadership of someone else. When you're in one another relationship, you should have a friend who will come and put their arm around you and say, listen, you're headed down a dangerous street, and you'll listen. See, there's counterfeit one another's out there, and the counterfeit one another's basically say, I want to hear what I want to hear when I want to hear it. And you'll be my friend when you agree with me. I had a young couple come to me a number of years ago, and they were making the next big move in their marriage, the next big move in their career. And I considered myself a one another with this guy. And I, I just didn't set well with me. Not that they were moving. That was hard enough, and I, could, I can get over that. But the why is the next thing. It's, it's just the next path in our career. This is just what we got to do. This is What's that going to be like? Oh, well, we're going to move here. We're going to move across the country. We're going to do this. Okay. And what's that going to be like? Okay, well, I'm going to have to work a few more hours. Because, but But if I do this time, then it's going to mean this for our career. We're going to make more money doing this. There was something in my gut that just said, Are you sure you need to be doing that? So I leaned in and I asked some questions. Just enough until I got the hand. Hey, like mind your own business kind of stuff. I said, okay. Listen, I love you guys. We're gonna miss you. They went on their way. That couple's not married anymore. I talked to both of them since then, and I asked them the question. I said, when y'all, when y'all, you know, back when that time you came to to my office and we talked, that move you made, all the sacrifices. I said how did that contribute? Now, they had a lot of other times since then. A lot of time, water under the bridge. I said, did that play into it? Both of them separately said it was the first domino that fell. Our relationship changed. Our marriage changed. Our life changed. Bad move. Oh, good career move. Bad family move. I looked at myself and I go, man... Did I, did I lean in enough? Was I good enough one another in that person's life to say, hey, listen, I don't think this is smart. Because see, the Scripture tells us in Colossians chapter 3, verse 16, that we're told to admonish one another in all wisdom. Now, what does that mean, admonish one another? It means to instruct. It means to counsel. It means to give wisdom. It means to say, hey, you ought not be making that move. You ought not be hanging out with that person. You ought not be doing that business dealing. A true one another relationship gets in the middle of the street because you're about to train wreck here. And your life is going to be a dumpster fire if you're not careful. That's what a one another does. So when we get in people's lives, Romans chapter 15 verse 14 says, able to instruct one another. We need to be able to do one another's, and that means admonish one another, instruct one another. Listen, if we're going to do one another's well, if we're going to live socially well, if we're going to live beyond the social networking online and live well here, we're going to have to do one another's. You know, if you were to go out into Northern California and go up north of San Francisco to the Myrrh Woods and you were to go into the big sequoia, in the sequoias, tall trees rising 250 feet above the, the surface of the earth. You see these beautiful, majestic, towering trees, knowing that some of them have been around for 1,500 years since the fall of the Roman Empire. Think about that. And you were to ask the question, what makes these tall ginormous, majestic trees stand so tall for so long. Despite all the storms of life. They must have a a, a root system that goes to 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 the core of the earth. You realize this, that actually they don't. They only go about four feet underground. But they go horizontal. And they interconnect with one another. They weave themselves together with one another. And that's what makes them tall and majestic and able to stand for 1,500 years. Listen, my friends, just from one person who needs one another's to another person who needs one another's, you better connect up. Because the storms are going to come, trouble's going to come, and we need one another's. Let's pray together. Because I talk about vulnerability, transparency, authenticity. Because I've been talking about this for four weeks, I I, I would I want to do something today with every head bowed and everybody just in the spirit of prayer. You look at your life right now. I want to ask you a question how are you doing with your one another's if you're here today you'd be so bold to say Mike I don't have a one another's like you just described and I need them and I want you to pray for me Mike that I'll have a one another's like that one two if you have one two three in life consider yourself blessed if you're here right now and you need a one another and you say Mike pray for me just put your hand up and put it back down Put your hand up. Thank you. All right. Anybody else? Thank you. Because here's what I want to say of you it is well with your soul, it is well with your life. And I'm convinced of this as one person who could easily be stupid in a matter of seconds. I need one another's. And I dare say you do too. Father, we want it to be well. We want to stand tall. We want to stand majestic like the sequoia trees. Help us to link ourselves together so we can go through the storms of life. We pray this in Jesus' name.